off the ball. And Munster are failing at that detail. It's not the big picture that's killing them. It's it's the minutia, the detail that's taking them apart. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Monday Night Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now then, plenty to chat about after the URC weekend. We had Leinster 10, Connacht nil in Galway on Friday night. We had Ulster continuing their very good start to the season. They were away in South Africa against the Lions. 39 points to 37 winners. And then Munster back to winning ways. A bonus point win at home against the Bulls. 31 points to 17. So uh, Connacht, they're at home again on Friday coming actually. Scarlet's coming to Galway. Leinster Munster, Saturday 5.15 at the Aviva and then Ulster will remain on in South Africa. They play the Sharks. That's also Saturday 5.15. And the other news today, I suppose, worth mentioning. We'll come to it in due course. Uh, First, there was Worcester and now Wasps, European champions, a marquee name into administration as of today, 167 uh, job losses. So quite an extraordinary situation over in England. Very happy to say, Jerry Thornley, excuse me, of the Irish Times. Jerry, 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 Jerry Thornley of the Irish Times here in studio. Hello. Hello, Joe, 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 Joe. And uh, Gordon Darcy is with us as well. Hello. Got your name right. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Gordon. You were in Galway on Friday? Yes, I was. 10 nil. 10 nil. 7 nil after four minutes. <laughs> okay. So you're looking at, the, oh, there's going to be a cakewalk for Leinster. Yeah. And then there's one more three point in the entire match. So what was this then? This was rain. Like, you know, you can build a 4G, you can construct a 4G pitch, but until such time, Connacht also come up with a roof, you're still going to get wild, wild nights in the wild, wild west. Okay, it was bad. It was bad. The rain, as far as I could make out from um, the vantage point of the press box at the back of the Clan Terrace, arrived in the 14th minute and got progressively worse and worse and worse to almost biblical proportions for much of the first half. Eased a tad in the second, but still obviously a very greasy ball, so a lot more kicking, a lot more mistakes. Um... A lot of grunt, a lot of uh, real edgy derby. It was a good game in many respects. So, um, one of my colleagues called it um, a bore, but I didn't think it was a bore. I, I kind of wasn't. I was in, I was interested all the way through. They kept an interest. You know what I mean? Kept a real interest because th- it looked like at one point, at various points, that Connacht might well come back and draw a level. They probably, in hindsight, wish they may have taken one of their shots at goal mm. and made it three seven, so as to give them a a chance of winning and b safeguard themselves against not even getting a bonus point if Leinster did take. Um, a penalty towards the end, which is what happened. I thought for a second there you were going to say I was enthralled, but you were no. I wouldn't say enthralled. Interested. No, 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 not okay. enthralled. Not enthralled. Uh, Gordon Darcy, what did you make of it in broad terms? Um, yeah, it's a fairly, very similar to that. Like you, you couldn't take your eyes off it because it, it, it in, in a lot of ways, it, it looked like there, somebody was going to score, but it was just that last pass, last bit of accuracy. You know, Connacht will be looking at that and. You know, almost like the uh, any given Sunday, you know, a game of inches. The amount of times they were two, three inches short of the line, um, but uh, just shows how I suppose how how well Leinster were drilled uh, in 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 that game. Um, Leinster focused on defence mm-hmm. from the from minute one, whether it was defending walls, whether it was line speed. Josh Van der Fleer was immense again. Gary Ringrose immense, um, and the bits, the passes that Connacht normally get away, they just cut them off. And then when they got into the, they, like Connacht had plenty of opportunities in the in the in the red zone in the twenty-two, and Leinster just defended like uh, everything everything depended 
Um, it was a cruel blow for them to not get anything mm. out of it. And he did think it was like, oh, could this end up as a draw? And he kind of felt on balance that would have been that would have been fair to, uh, to Connacht's endeavour because they played, geez, with, like Jerry, they had so much possession and they played with the way we know Connacht can play. And, you know, one or two passes short of actually, you know, just getting getting over that white lash. But that's, but that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, they lack a bit of oomph maybe in their carries, don't they? They don't have big, big ball carriers to get themselves over the gain line and Lencer's from the vantage point beside the pitch God Lencer's line speed was incredible the clan were baying for offside penalties didn't get one all night but the timing looked to be perfect every time from Leinster and they'd cut off the supply line to the wide channels on a lot of occasions the post-match stats immediately after the game gave Leinster one missed tackle out of 111 which sounds extraordinary but they zero line breaks conceded as well it was just a, a monumental defensive performance Lens were very smart about um, not committing numbers to the mm. breakdown, and that gives them. And particularly in uh, and again, I've, I've obviously played in the in the sports ground plenty of times. Um, you know, sometimes you don't want the ball, um, and that was one of the days that Leinster were quite happy to for Connacht to say, "Listen, if you want to, you want to, you want to run yourselves into the ground here. Have the ball." We're just going to put nobody into the breakdown. Maybe the tackler, um, fan 13, 14 across the field and target the first, second receiver. And they did it with like relentless effect. As you said, Jerry, like the, the numbers of missed tackles, you know, single, single fi- on one hand, one finger. And so, Gordon, does it follow then if weather conditions were better and Leinster wanted more of the ball, they would have committed more numbers to Rooks? Well, I think it's they were able to not commit the numbers to the rooks because they, I suppose it one feeds off thing. Their first up, their first up tackle was very good, so it meant they were they were slowing the Connacht ball down to kind of medium or slow balls. That basically meant that uh, you know Leinster were in control of the of the phase play. So if it was a better if it's a better um, evening, if the if the ball is a bit drier. Connacht are probably able to do. Uh, Jerry kind of uh, alluded to it there. Connacht are much better on the uh, with the ball in hand and using the kind of create mismatches, and that's how they create their quick ball. And then if you create quick ball, you're over the gain line. Um, Leinster were just able to slow down their uh, slow down their face play, but they don't really have a, a brilliant kicking game, and that's always been a a weakness of Connacht. That they still have to keep playing the passes, playing the playing the passes. But then once Leinster have won the first contact, they're kind of playing into their hands a bit. Andy Friend afterwards, Jerry talked about how they'd had uh, healthy meetings uh, this morning. I always think healthy meetings is a euphemism for we tore into each other, but they were healthy meetings. And Andy Friend said of the the players' feedback, they feel they're very close. That we just haven't clicked as of yet. It might sound like we're repeating ourselves, but that's been the reaction, and that's been the reality of the first five games. And he also threw out the uh, rather interesting stat, um, not a good one from their point of view. They had nine entries into mm. the Leinster twenty-two and came away with zero points. Mm. Mm. Nine, all of them beginning with lineouts. So it was like they had every opportunity to secure their own ball, and that worked quite well against Munster. I think they got two of their three tries against Munster from penalties to, up into, towards the corner, and a very brave throw from Heffern to the tail, and they rumbled over for that Paul Boyle try, which sealed the win against Munster. But um, Leinster's defence was just a different animal, I suppose. That was the main thing. They didn't quite get their accuracy. Even in that first 14 minutes, when the conditions were you know, quite dry, they twice, their, their launch plays are superb. The one good thing about Connell all last season yeah. was their launch plays. Really slick, very clever, um, ingenious, you know, unexpected, creating space either through the middle or out wide. And twice they got around the edge of the defence early on. 
um, when the ball was nice and dry and the conditions were good and twice the, one was a misplaced pass and one was a knock-on and that just isn't like them mm. you know it, it, their attack just isn't quite clicking yet they're close to it but you had to come away from I thought it was eight so they're nine um, nine entries into 22 with lineouts it just shows you that again maybe they could have taken three points at one stage and would have at least got a bonus point out of the game but it's frustrating for them and what's really frustrating for them as well is okay this has been a tough start yeah. four, last year's four semi-finalists in your first five games and you lose the four of them and then but you've got you've, your first two home games are Munster and Leinster at home which is not doing the Connacht commercial department or anything any harm. It's very hard to go, go back to your major sponsors two weeks in a row for the two marquee games of the season. They're not in the Champions Cup, so now from now on, their home games become a much harder sell. So certainly, they're now in must-win territory against the Scarlets next Friday night, you would yes. have thought. Scarlets at home, and then they're away to the Ospreys, yeah. and that's them for the November break. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, two wins would certainly... Stop yeah. the stewing across November. Well, as things stand, and sadly, they're fifteenth in the table. You know, yeah. they're second and bottom. Leinster injuries catch the eye. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is the nature of rugby, I suppose, and maybe this tallies with any other season. But the latest is Ronan Kelleher is going to miss eight weeks with a hamstring injury, so he's going to miss the November series, Dan Sheehan's gain yeah. and all that. Uh, Harry Byrne injured as well for the foreseeable. Will Connors twelve weeks with a bicep injury, and then Leo Cullen said of Hugo Keenan. James Lowe and Jameson Gibson Park, they are, quote, unlikely for Saturday's game against Munster, though we did say they're not too far off. And then James Ryan twisted a knee and Josh van der Fleer, who Gordon just said there, was uh, very good on Friday. He's done his ankles. That's lengthy enough, isn't it? Very lengthy at this stage of the season. Like the, the six you've mentioned there, like Ronan Kelher, Harry Byrne, Will Connors, James Lowe, Jameson Gibson Park, Hugo Keane have hardly played any rugby this season. Mm. The latter three haven't played any at all. So it does seem quite a high toll. Kelleher, Byrne and Connors are cruelly unlucky, aren't they? This is injury upon injury upon injury, particularly for Connors. He got that bicep injury in the Sharks game, which was his first start since January last year, or this year rather. That's that seems particularly cruel from him. For him, Harry Byrne, I'm told, did his hamstring in a warm up for Lansdowne two weeks ago, which seems again pretty cruel and not the first one that's happened. Harry's had a few warm up yep. injuries, yep. isn't yep. he? Yep, and early injuries in games. Yeah, um, the low Gibson Park Keenan one. Keenan looks the closest, but. There's an Irish squad being announced this week. The The open game against the world champions is only a fortnight on from next Saturday's game and mm. they'll have had no rugby before the squad's announced. So that must be a concern because Lowe, Gibson, Park and Keenan, weren't they ever present in the All Black Series? I'm pretty sure they were. They're all key men. Lowe with his left boot. Keenan's, I think, started 19 of the last 20 games or something like that at fullback. He's made the jersey's own. And Gibson Park is really the heartbeat of the Irish team. So it must be yeah. a little bit concerning for Andy Farrell. So uh, I suppose for Ronan Kelleher, he got injured uh, very memorably against France in the Six Nations in Paris and then he got injured in the Heineken Champions Cup final and missed the New Zealand tour and, and now uh, another injury with a hamstring. Gordon, I don't know, have you have you been quite there? I know you had that arm injury that was a very troublesome one for a while but it, have you, you probably had that run where one injury seems to lead to another one and it's very hard to get a rhythm back. Yeah, it probably happened to me um, actually just after I broke into the into the team well the second the second time um in 2004 after i took my um i took my uh what you call it my my, sab- my my sabbatical that most people play taking their 30s i took at 18 or 19 um and we went to south africa and just got pulled off or to yeah south africa just got pulled off the ball and uh tore an adductor muscle and geez, it followed me for it followed me for ten, twelve months. You like you're you're just bit fit, and then something else niggles, and it just it just haunts you. It's really really hard when you're when you're um when you're when you're carrying that with you because 
you so you know you talk about confidence not sometimes it's not always about you know the the top two inches the the mental approach to it and um, sometimes it is you're actually on a pitch going am, am i going to am i going to get through this game and you're not worried about someone hitting you you're actually just worrying about am i going to run and something going to pop here and that's a really hard um really hard place to be and really play takes a takes a toll on uh on, on athletes because it's so for so many reasons it's outside of your control and that's a real frustration for professional athletes because you're so used to being in control of everything even though it's a hollow environment and it's quite a controlled environment you are you you do have a more often than not have a have a sense of you can you can control what's happening but when you get little injuries like that they just keep following you 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 feel quite helpless yeah i I can imagine so and and maybe perversely then you carry yourself with a touch more tension, whereas when you think of maybe the best phases of your career, when you're in a state of flow, I'd say you were relaxed and throwing yourself around and, and that probably almost protected you from further injury in some ways. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm, I'm probably, you know, there is that 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 tipping point of that moment with an injury. It's usually like the hamstring when something happens and you you react and you're done and then you go, oh, I didn't think about it. Um, but mm. sometimes players are never the same players. You you know, you probably hear it in soccer or football a bit more, but you do see it in in in, in rugby that um, players, you know, you'd hear that, that kind of loose phrase and say, oh, you know, he, he was never quite the same after that knee injury or after that shoulder. Um, you know, and sometimes that, that genuinely does happen. Well, hopefully quick returns for everybody, but it is a lengthy enough uh, injury list, not least with November on the horizon. Ulster, 39-37 winners against the Lions at Ellis Park. They were, uh, I think, coming into the game, Jerry, both three wins, one defeat. Ulster may be ahead by a couple of points by dint of bonus points, but well matched and so approved in the game. Like, geez, tiring watching the highlights. Yeah. You know what I mean? This felt for the Ulster players, on. didn't you, in the last 20 minutes, altitude, the heat, really taking its toll. Yeah. Ironically, they perhaps benefited from having uh, nine players on the Emerging Ireland Tour and kept them out there. I think they finished the game with seven of that squad, so at yeah. least they were a little bit, you know, used to South African conditions, which helped them just get over the line. But, my God, they play a thrilling brand of rugby, don't they? They're just great to watch. You know, some of the drives were excellent again. Their last two away wins, they've scored 55 points, and then that, like, it's been, they've conceded nearly 40 both times as well. So, yeah. they're good to watch. They play a lovely brand of rugby. They play to their strengths, um, score some lovely tries. It's probably the win of the weekend, maybe even one of the week's wins of the season, really. I was going through the stats, and I think there were... There were three, six, nine. There were that was the twelfth time an Irish team has gone to one of the four South African franchises that were Super Rugby sides, and only the second win. Connacht beat the Lions there last season, thirty-three thirty. It was Ulster's fourth attempt to win a match in South Africa. So it's a very hard thing to do to beat the South Africans, particularly in altitude. Um, it's a fabulous win for them, and probably ultimately the difference was having two class goal kicking scrum halves because each side scored five tries, but. Cooney and Doak, I think they only missed one kick between them. There are a couple of touchline conversions in there as well. So uh, ultimately, in a five, ten try feast, it was the goal kicking was probably the difference. Yeah, Gordon, curious, how do you like, like as a as a pro who's at the you know been at the, the cutting edge of this stuff? How do you interpret a free scoring and free conceding side? You know, like do you think, well, yeah, we'll see you guys in April. That's not going to work out long term, or, or or is it is it just fine by you? Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely something that. Um, Ulster will need to address and like you just want them to start getting closer to um, delivering on I suppose the, the promise because Jerry's right that they are absolutely fantastic to watch um, and they still have a few players to come back in um, but I probably played in a team that was like that um, and ultimately um, you know Leinster in the kind of late 90s early 2000s we were great to watch 
we won absolutely sat off <laughs> at that at that time. You know, it could be, you know, going to Stade Francais, shipping 50 points, and then, you know, a week later, putting 30 points on Toulouse in, in, in Dublin. Um, so that type of thing is, it's fine for this part of the season. But one of the things that Ulster don't need to um, improve on is their ability to score tries, but they do need to be able to close them out. Their big Achilles heel has always been that bigger teams, that tight five, uh, when they squeeze them, um, they, they hurt them. And there's probably elements or trace elements of that in the performance at the weekend. A couple of the tries, um, a couple of the tries that they shipped were just big South African, big South African boys just being lumped over the over you know one one uh, one on one tackles, and that's a, a, a that's an inherent weakness in in in, in what they have. Um, they're going to need to manage the game an, an awful lot better to try and squeeze them out. But I think that's you know that's the one you know we we can look look a little bit more deeper into that as we get a little bit more yeah. uh, to see to see of them. Um, but the attacking side of things, like when you think you, you've got James Hume to come back into that uh, back line as well, um, there's an awful lot of guys there will be kind of looking at the games they've played, the performances they've had, the injuries elsewhere. Um, will they be getting an opportunity in a in a green jersey in you know a little over two and a half weeks? And I presume in your experience, there's no reason why free scoring at one end should lead to uh, freely conceding at the other. Like if you take a another no, sport we're all very familiar with in, in in football, Kevin Keegan's Newcastle to go way back to be a degree of well we score lots because we throw men forward, but then we're liable to concede. That doesn't really seem like it should follow in rugby. No, um, the best like, and the better teams. Sorry, not the better teams, but teams that are are usually successful at the business end of the seasons are pretty proficient both sides of the ball. I do think the way the game is being refed at the moment and the way the rules have evolved and, and come come um, over the last kind of 12, 24 months, games are higher scoring. Um, not to this extent, <laughs> you know. This was this was this was outrageous. Um, I think uh, in you know it, probably two years ago that game you might have taken fifteen or two three tries off each team, and then it kind of has that look in it. But I think when you are playing in that um, in those uh, in well, one the heat and Dan McFarland did mention that he said the heat is an issue for them, um, and the altitude. There tends to be more mistakes. You could see those if, like when the when the passage of play went over seven or eight phases, the Ulster boys look pretty tired on their feet. Um, and that just lends itself. So that might be that might be one possible reason for it. Um, that you know, in there in that high altitude game, that you are going to have to score score tries. But if, if the other team holds on to the ball for any sort of phase or any sort of pressure, you're kind of blowing out your blowing out your ass mm. and um, and likely to make more mistakes when you're that tired. Just very quickly, two points about like I'm thinking two of the tries they conceded. One was when they went seven or eight phase up the pitch at a great attack, but then turned the ball over at the ruck. And you almost well, felt them. Picked and yeah, ran yeah. In the middle of the field. You just knew. Like, oh no, yes. that's the worst thing that could have happened to me. They're just you know, even if the opposition try line was five hundred meters away, they were definitely conceding a try off yeah. that turnover. They were running in quicksand. Even Robert Balakun couldn't keep up with them. That's, yeah, yeah. And, the commentator just, was saying that. He said, "Look how slow Balakun looks." Yes, he was knackered. And the other one they conceded, another one they conceded was when Michael Larry tried to run from deep inside his own ten meter line. When even Andrew Trimble said in commentary that you know he should have kicked the ball downfield, and then they would have had fifty defenders in front of the ball you know what I mean yes. and the Bulls would have to come much further away so um, or not the Bulls the Lions so I think that 
they uh, I think they it is slightly related if you know what I mean if you're a very attacking side you can be perhaps a little bit more um, porous You mentioned Michael Lowry, Jerry. So mm. Hugo Keenan's uh, fitness is an ongoing concern. There are just two more rounds of URC to get himself back to full fitness or some game time, certainly before November International, which are, are coming into view. And then from an Andy Farrell's point of view, Andrew Conway's injured, James Lowe's injured, Stockdale's injured, Jordan Larmer's injured, Will Addison, Keith Earls, Simon Zebo, etc. So Michael Lowry must be looking there at that injury list thinking maybe I have a chance here. Where is he? Do we... I think he played against Italy in that not forest of a game but Italy down to 13 men oh yeah game. when he got the two tries and yeah. gave up a hat-trick but the, but the pass that he didn't need to give I think to James yeah. Lowe yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. he played a bit against the Maoris so he's he's there thereabouts um, 24 years of age now yeah that would tell you he's next in the pecking line wouldn't it I mean he's next take. because the, I don't think anybody else has started fullback for Ireland since Hugo Keenan broke into the team well there's a degree of no one being left there yeah yeah the only other option off the top of my head maybe Gordon has another one is I know that Mike Hansen is considered as a fullback, but he hasn't been playing there for Connacht this season, and fullback's been a little bit of a problem position for them this season. Mm. They've tried three different players, so you'd have. It's hard to think of any other options there. I mean, Mike Haley's injured at the moment as well, so I can't think of any. Can you, Gordon? No, well, like Shane Daly, obviously coming oh, back sorry, from Shane the. Daly, of course, he's coming back yes. from the uh, development. Emerging Ireland, yeah, yeah. So obviously, the. They'd probably love to give somebody a cap in the November series to say that was why we had to justify that whole. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. Series. That's that's very cynical. Um, yeah, but I'd say there's there's three there's three people playing for for that jersey this this over the next kind of over the next weekend, isn't it? Um, so you've got Lowry, uh, Jimmy O'Brien has to be within a you know he's starting for Leinster this weekend, um, yeah. and Shane Daly will most likely start this weekend as well. So um, you would think based on what Lowry did at the weekend the fact that he's in the camp he's fairly secure with it bar some bizarre um, implosion of form which doesn't seem to be there um, he kind of fits the way they want to play doesn't he? Yeah yeah he's electric feet hasn't he? Fabulous footwork and acceleration like he's yeah, the real threat He was man of the match at the, the weekend mm-hmm. so he, he did cause headlines and is his size a concern to you Gordon at fullback? Uh, like it hasn't been uh, playing at um hasn't been playing at, 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 at any level playing for, for Ulster. So, like, I think with that, like, you know, um, I was never the biggest man myself. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> probably not the uh, easiest to talk about size and these things. But, like, I think even if you just park that for the moment, like, how many games do we have between here and the World Cup? We've got three matches here. We've got a development. So, four matches in the November series. You've got five couple of warm-up games like there is no room to experiment like if he is in the if he's in that 30-man squad more often than not he's got to be tested at this level it's you know it's irrelevant that it is South Africa it doesn't matter who it is if he's good enough he will deliver so you've got to test him at this stage like Hugo Keenan it's not exactly you know what's the height differential between the two of them like mm. what an inch maybe two mm. inches mm. like does that have any impact on the way the game is the game is done um, Keenan will have different attributes to uh, to Larry um, so like if he's if he's there I think he has to he has to get a he has to get an opportunity um, you'd like you know as a player you you know you'd like to be just there going everybody to be fit and you to be picked um, but sometimes that's not how the that's not how the world you know the world works. You take your you take your breaks when injuries. I got my breakthrough injuries. Um, you just have to be ready to take it. Mm. Well, we'll see how it plays out. 
Hugo Keenan may well be back and play every game in November for all we know mm. but um, at mm. the moment there's a question mark So it seems to be the closest of those three does of James okay. and Bark with the, yeah. uh, to Munster then I mean I'm sure Munster fans are saying well you, you come to us first when we're uh, losing and now you leave us till the end when we're back in form I will say that yes it was purely because <laughs> Jerry was in Galway that's why I started with that uh, game so Munster bonus point win and uh, certainly a, a stemming of crisis hysteria according As to Peter, Peter Manning will call yeah, it yes yeah. yes talking about you there yeah probably yeah probably and, uh, not just me I don't think there's no, a few involved and maybe even you who I, knows? Dare, I dare say <laughs> us I dare say us well you can imagine that it only made them you know us against the world mentality it only fostered it and made them apparently they liked that is that a monster thing apparently, <laughs> apparently that's a, so that's a thing yeah. Yeah. That as well Gordon I mean they like a bit of that us against the world um, I thought they played very well it was great to see you know we need a strong monster it's good for Irish rugby and uh, played well how for you Jerry? what did you like ah uh, I love the ambition the skill level I love going back to some of their old strengths their execution close to the line taking their scores um, Gavin Coombe I even said that in the, about the Connacht game that was a real positive even though they came away with that game from nothing he was a real focal point in their attack he's a, a superb carrier and he's an enabler he's n- not like CJ you know he'd bring others into the team with his offload in passing game he took his two tries well, helped by the locks. Edwin Adogbo played really well, I thought, too. You know, He's a rare specimen that Irish rugby doesn't tend to produce very often. That explosion, that power, that athleticism. Um, and I loved Joey Carby's performance. Just loved it. First start of the season at that half. He played the week before because necessity being the mother of invention, they had no other fullbacks. And people were giving out about it, not going head-to-head with Ben Healy, but there was literally nobody else to play there. It's no harm that Joey Carby can play a little bit of fullback. Pretty much every out half in the modern game has to play. Plays at fullback during the course of the game anyway. When they put up a bomb, they retreat and they're off in the last man. And indeed, his moment of skill when he took a kick and skated the open side on the, uh, on the left touchline, dropped the ball into his left foot, pings it into fine grass in the middle, and then, OK, there's a mistake, but you get a loose head prop with a little side foot dink over the line. It wasn't a toe poke, but Graham Rountree said. He actually yeah. was a, it was a bit of soccer skills Bullshit. there. Yeah, I thought that was, and his 50-22. I think a big hand in three of the four tries, Joey. Yeah. I think there's an awful lot said and written and stuff about Joey Carberry that's personally wide of the mark. I've always been a fan. I think he's a class player. He's definitely the number two to Johnny Sexton. It's his misfortune, perhaps, that he's compete in the same position as one of the true legends of Irish rugby but as I said I think I said in this show last week Joey Carby's closed out all five wins over the All Blacks now that you know that, that <laughs> it shouldn't be overlooked you yes, know what I mean yes. I think um, I, it was just great to see him play so well and it was just it was good to see Munster winning with a bonus point and even surviving that late siege near the end where there was a half a hint of if it got back to seven it could be a draw which would have been hugely disappointing for them the way they held that out and the way Jack Crowley came on for the second half and just seemed to dovetail with Joey Carby like they've been playing for seasons together Yeah, uh, I mean he can beat a man in a telephone box it's a real it's a real, it's a real plus for Munster that could have that potential double playmaker thing going as well so yeah I really enjoyed the way Munster played and enjoyed their win and thought they were very good and full value for the bonus point OK well it's good to Which be positive good timing positive them. about them yeah so Gordon give us your sense on, on the initial stages of this season what was the issue for Munster and to what extent does Saturday just gone allay worries well I think there's a couple of things anyway I think you, you can never uh say that uh, players can never come out now and say that they don't read or listen to the media um so you at least you at least have the uh, first one myth um there lads um like i i think the big challenge for munster is that it's a new coaching ticket there's they've obviously they're trying to um develop the way munster play because really they just you know the the rugby they were playing under uh, previous uh, under 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 Van Graan was was 
was terrible. It was really, really hard to watch um, and underutilized what was a, a good enough uh, group of players. Um, I think you kind of have to put the pin back in it from the weekend. Um, the Bulls were absolutely woeful. They were really, really bad. And I think that is that goes a long way towards the monster performance. Um, the win, the bonus point win, it definitely does stem the tide for them for the moment. Um, but like they're staring down the barrel of uh, Leinster in the RDS now, and I think we'll get a we'll get a good recalibration of of where they are. Um, I think there was some good individual performances by Munster, um, particularly Gavin Coombs. He's the one that stood out for me. I actually thought Craig Casey was really really good um really good actually uh you know I was looking at him and just kind of going you know if gibson park is not available for the november what are we doing here um and, and, that's how, and, and, that's and how, what's the answer well i don't know we're gonna have to see we're gonna have to see you might have to read my column on wednesday to find out joe um and <laughs> <laughs> um, no i think there's some paper that being yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's some decisions to be made in the monster um, in the way they're playing, and um, I think positionally there's still some decisions to be to be made. Like Gavin Coombs, you know, is incredible. Peter Manny, incredible. Um, Ty Byrne uh, was brilliant. Um, you know, right the way through, right the way through the the game. They're almost. They are definitely. You can definitely see their uh, their attacking uh, philosophy is is. Um, is growing and they are and they are going for it. I st- still, I, I'm, I, you know, having the two playmakers on the field, it seems to be a must for these for this team. I don't know is Carberry better served most of his moments, whereas actually when he was running onto the ball um, or from deep, which kind of wonders, you know, would he be better suited to fifteen? And Crowley is potentially maybe a more of a natural ten for the way they want to play it. Um, so I do wonder the team they picked this week. I think there's an awful lot of focus on this uh, Munster team this week um, because if they go to not lose in the Aviva, they could get well stuffed. Um, but then if they keep playing, keep trying to develop the the style that they're going going with here, they might um, they, they they may not they may not win. Um, but there would be enough in a good performance in the Aviva that could serve them for well for the for the rest of the season so you know mm. this is this if this is a must win game um, and it has to be a win game for for Munster I think they've already lost the season okay so there's loads of interesting bits in that so on Casey you're going to advocate in the paper on Wednesday that Casey starts ahead of Carberry which is interesting and then secondly you're not the only um, onlooker who thinks there's an argument for Carberry at fullback Say, say there's something in that. Like the tricky thing if you're Andy Farrell is you'll be kind of thinking, well, me and David Nusvor are sitting down here. I sort of need Carberry to get as many minutes at 10 as possible between now and the World Cup. So if we're thinking of doing this full back business, I'm not so sure how I feel about that. Uh, but I don't know to what extent he has a say in how Graham Rentree puts his team together. Uh, nor do I know where Joey Carberry wants to play in it all. But I mean, if they're, if they're thinking of going that way, they need to do it pretty sharpish and then decide if it's Crowley or Healy at, at 10 but you think potentially that could work better for Munster and better for Carberry Gordon? Um, well it could like you know well what's you know what's the for for Carberry I think listen I think he's yeah I'm not really I'm not really like the more games he plays at 10 
he's like sorry let me I'll, I'll start that again Carberry is intertwined with the fate of fate of Munster so if Munster's season goes well and he's the key hand at the tiller at 10 then likely the two of them are you know, he's he's going to play well and they seem to be playing at that um seem to be playing well at that uh that kind of inter interplay game that they're mm. trying to that they're trying to develop um but if Munster stutter for the whole season and he's playing off the you know back football and not getting much uh not not getting much ball in hand you know does he what 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 benefit is 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 he to, is is that to him? So yeah. it's 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 a really really hard one to to, to answer. And unfortunately, there's an awful there will be a, an awful lot of cruel hindsight hindsight bias uh, yeah. with this one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like if you're Andy Farrell, you want him playing, but then you also want um, you know, you want um, what's the name, Kieran Frawley playing uh, playing as many as many minutes, and then you pick whichever one is standing. Um. So it's it's a it is it is a really hard one. I think this weekend. You would you would be fairly safe to say that Carberry will start, but what I w- would be really what I'm really interested to see is who starts with him at nine. So if Casey plays at nine and drives the tempo in a lot of the way he was at the weekend, like the f- <coughs> the pack around him haven't got used to Casey yet. It seemed like Casey was you know he was a couple of times he was there he was looking for people to pass and they weren't there yet. He was there before them. Um, and that that took a bit of adjustment with when Gibson Park was doing that with Leinster and with Ireland. Um, so it would be interesting. And he also forces Carberry onto the ball, um, which is when I think he's at his most natural best. So it will be really interesting to see um, who they pick uh, this mm-hmm. weekend. Because um, I think it'll give you a really good insight into, I suppose, with the pressure within the squad and then, I suppose, the decisions that the coaching ticket are, are willing to willing to make. Yeah. Jerry, how do you see that number nine situation? It's the most interesting selection of the week because it's beginning to look as if Craig Casey might now be Munster's first choice. Um, and it, by Friday midday, when the team announces the first selection, I'm going to look for it because if, it, if you see nine Casey, that will confirm as much. And that would also mean, well, that would also have significant connotations for the November series, particularly if Jamison Gibson Park isn't fit for the open game against South Africa because Craig Casey is much more of a like-for-like uh, replacement for Gibson Park than Conor Murray is. So that would be an interesting one. I've no doubt that Joey Carberry would be starting a 10, and I've no doubt Joey Carberry wants to be a 10, and I've no doubt that Andy Farrell wants him to be a 10. I don't think it's any harm that he occasionally plays at 15 as well. I'm thinking back to a November match last year, I think it was against Argentina, who admittedly were completely pooped at the end of a long year, pretty much living in a bubble and travelling and travelling and travelling. Um, but that being said, I think Carby played the first 50 minutes at out half and then switched to full-back for the last 30, made a couple of clean line breaks, went on taking his goal-kicking, which, by the way, has been work class for a long time as well. Yeah. And um, so I, I think that's an, it's a string to his bow that's worth having, a bit like Bowden Barrett or something with the All Blacks. It's good that you have a backup number 10 who can slot in at 15 and be that dual playmaker and get something else. He's so good, he can do both. Mm. He just stays fit, Jerry, isn't it? That's yeah. the one thing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about that earlier, Joe. It's about we we kind of there's so many second comings. We're just like, oh, he, here he is. He plays, gets that performance, that mm. one performance. And you're like, yes, this is him. This is this is what it's coming. He's you know, you can build on this, and Lance Munster can build on it, and then just injuries, injured, 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 or goes into a November break and goes into an international camp and plays 20 minutes off the bench for five games and comes back in. So he desperately needs minutes. Um, but part of that is him staying fit, isn't it? 
Absolutely. And like, what's his best run been? You're going back a couple of years. So he's, he's been unlucky at times with injury. Uh, just to reiterate your point, Jerry, on Edwin Dogbo, 19 years of age uh, from Cove. This was his full Munster debut, but he, he's featured in four of the five games thus far. Second row, six foot five, 19 stone. He ruptured his Achilles <coughs> last year, but obviously they've seen plenty in this guy. It does seem, including a Dogbo and others, that Roundtree, they are pushing youth. That's Very much so. I, and in, in a way that I think Jorn van Graan was a little bit more untrustworthy of youth and like to go and like to go a little bit more players. or yes. com- completely untrustworthy very much more yeah, yeah. round three that's been one distinct change under the new coaching ticket um, the thing with the dog boo now of course is that everybody wants to see lots and more of them and more of them and more of them but they have to he's still he's still growing <laughs> whatever about as a human being he's still growing as a player he's only 19 so you have to be reasonably careful with him you could certainly see him having an impact role off the bench in some of their big games this season yeah. it will be interesting when they have all their locks fit is Tigburn now going to be a six to accommodate um, the, the big locks that they have, and particularly when Orgy Snyman comes back, which Touchwood hopefully will one day. So that could be the way forward for Munster to go burn, but particularly as they don't have the most powerful front row around in Europe at the moment. So, But yeah, I think Adogbu is a really special player. And then, of course, you've got Thomas Ahern as well, who like is a, a class operator. So they do have a lot of options there in the second row. How are ticket sales for the Saturday game? I'm told I was checking this today um, for my column tomorrow. <laughs> um, it's they're at thirty-five thousand, which is quite That's decent. Good going. It's very good going, and you know, we've been spoiled with this fixture for about twelve years now. No longer, fourteen years, fifteen years. It's been the best-supported non-test fixture in global rugby, in world rugby. You think of the 82,000 at Crow Park, the 50,000 who regularly turned up at the Aviva, the 27,000 capacities at the Thoman Park. It, the problem was COVID. Um, rugby's almost paying the price a little bit for keeping the show on the road. I think in the year after the resumption, there were five Munster Leinster games, including yeah. that Rain- Rainbow Cup game. Yeah. Most, most, if not all, behind closed doors. Like rugby did great to keep the show on the road, but people got used to watching matches at home on television and of course it's now on free to air which it wasn't before and not just in Irish in the English language occasionally as well which means that it's harder to get the casual fan to, to come along to this game as well and let's be honest it's lost a little bit of its jeopardy hasn't it with yes. Leinster being so dominant in latter years and it's so goddamn expensive for Munster fans to come from Limerick never mind Cork or West Cork like it's an expensive day out going oh, to a rugby big match time. you're almost presuming that the Munster fans there are living in Dublin yeah because yes, is, you are. It's so yeah. expensive. Yeah, yeah. 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 For families so, as well. Yeah. So it's good that there's a bit of an attendance brewing with a bit of luck it might hit, hit the 40,000 40, mark. And it's only when, only once ever gone below 40,000. And that was for last May's late rearranged game at short notice okay. when it was down to 32,000. So it's it's a fixture to be celebrated, particularly when you see the sad goings on in England. Well, indeed. We're just out of time. We'll come to Wasps later in the week, but it is just extraordinary to mm. see a name like Wasps suddenly yeah. just gone. I mean, it really is quite something. Uh, fellas, we're out of time. You're more than welcome to come back. If you want to just read your column out on the <laughs> air, like audiobook style, <laughs> you're more than welcome to do that anytime you want. Uh, Gordon Darcy, Jerry Thornley of the Irish Times, thank you very much. And our rugby coverage is, as ever, with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Monday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.